You're listening to This Is How, a podcast about people forging digital careers for people who are taking the time to figure things out. Whether you've just left school, college or uni, or you're already in a job but you're not feeling it, we made a podcast series full of tips, ideas and free advice from people who've been on similar journeys, changed things up and gone on to work in digital roles with some of the most interesting brands in the UK. I'm Zoe Mallet. I'm a life coach and radio show host. My coaching focuses on helping people figure out where they are, where they want to be, and then we work out how we're going to get them there. I also have a radio show on Foundation FM, which allows listeners to message in with all their problems. And my guests and I offer our professional advice and tips live on a mix with some bangers. I'm Will Stowe, proudly from Hackney, an air of shoulder to those around me. I work for Sneakers as a co-host on Sneakers Live. We have regular live streams to talk all things sneaker culture, also write poetry, make music and throw parties in my spare time. So we are back uh, with another episode of This Is How. And today we have the lovely Alison Wong, who is a data scientist at List. And we're going to kick off the uh, episode today with a game that we always play. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. If you've been to a house party or, you know, if you have siblings or friends, you've probably played this once in your life before. Sorry, do you play this at house at house party? Yeah. Do you? It's like a nice icebreaker. I, I play it on, like, Zoom calls. Like, well, like, like, like house parties that have, like, games, like, before gets in, like, drinks, games, spin the bottle, all that kind of stuff. Spin the bottle. Yeah, cool. I'm going a bit old school, but cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So favourite at house parties, it goes off. Uh, don't know about Zoe's house parties, but at my ones, they go off. Um, but yeah, two truths and a lie. You know, you tell us two truths and a lie, and we're supposed to guess them. So, you know, make them as, you know, lie as possible and as truthful as possible. I just made up a word, lie. Um, yep, so I had a lot of fun trying to come up with these and I'm going to try and say them with a poker face because I'm quite bad at lying and I usually give it away. So yeah. I'm just going to... So um, the first one is I competed in a triathlon in Wales. Okay. okay. Second one, I am an award-winning and published poet. Ooh. And the third one is I have sat on top of a whirlpool in an inflatable boat. I really want the second one to be true. The poet one. The poet one. It's very believable. Can you can you give us a verse of one of your poems? Freestyle, maybe. Um, it was a long time ago, and I don't do poetry anymore. This is so where the lies begin. I can't remember. That. This is where it starts. What was the whirlpool like? Um, so the whirlpool, it's the third largest whirlpool in the world, um, and it kind of feels like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of mm-hmm. sit in the boat and ride the whirlpool. What kind of boat? An inflatable boat. Ooh. It sounds like, like so it was an inflatable boat in the sea? Yeah, in the sea. Yeah, so the whirlpool <laughs> is in the sea. <laughs> it's the third largest whirlpool in the world. Yeah. And I just sat on top of it in an inflatable boat. Okay. I've actually forgot. What's the first one again? Um, oh, I competed in a triathlon in Wales. Oh, that was it. I think the triathlon is true. Yeah, same. I think the the whirlpool is real. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the triathlon one is not true. No. Um, I can't actually swim or ride the bike. But I do want to do a triathlon at some point. Just I haven't done one yet. Questions. True. You, you was, your tactic was going well, though. Uh, you just said it so, like, confidently. That's true. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. I usually get told, like, you can tell on my face when I'm lying. So I, had to be, I tried to be really, really careful there. Mm. He was being very serious. 
So what was the okay? Firstly, let's go like the poet, the poem. So you're an award winning poet. So this in the one. House. Um, oh, did you lie to us? No. So okay. this one <laughs> it is true, but it's not as impressive as it sounds. So basically, I won a national poetry competition. I think I was 14, and it got published um, in a book. And my parents have actually got a printed copy of it hung up in the living room, and it's been wow. there for years. Oh, that's so cute. That's incredible. And tell, us, tell us about the whirlpool. Where, oh where? yeah, so that one was really fun. Um, so it's in the Corey Brecon in Oban, um, just on the northwest side of Scotland. And basically, I think they call it like the Witch's Sea from back in the day. There's a lot of mythology and stuff around it. Um, yeah, so we were actually on um, like a, what's it called? Like sea wildlife tour. A sea wildlife tour? Yeah, so to look at like seals and eagles and um i can't remember what other wildlife there was that's so cool this is in scotland yeah yeah it's in um Auburn. it's really cool are you trying to go take a little uh this is how trip up there yeah. little team building trip talk to their digital team <laughs> so we um unfortunately didn't actually see that much wildlife we saw some seals but the whirlpool was really active when we went so the guy was like okay i'll just take you guys to see this instead oh and the inflatable boat um it's called a rib so it's like a rigid inflatable boat and it it literally is just a giant inflatable boat. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. So um, we're going to talk through like some of your journey first. Uh, so what were you what were you good at at school? Um, so at school, um, I wouldn't necessarily say like what I was good at, but I enjoyed doing a lot of things. Um, I think I did a lot of subjects. Like I like languages, so I did English and French. Um, I did maths because I happened to be good at maths and I quite enjoyed it. Um, what else did I do? I did history. Um, that was really interesting. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I think um, just learning about how people lived back in the day and things like that. And then um, I also did biology, but that one was probably my least favourite one. So I kind of realised I don't really want to go into sciences. <laughs> but I enjoyed maths. Um, and what did you uh, what did you do after leaving school? Um, yep. Yeah, so after leaving school, I went to university. I think um, so the school that I went to and then... My parents, they're very Asian. Um, so it was just kind of assumed that I would go to university. Like, I didn't really know, if I didn't go to uni, what other options there were. Um, so the plan was always to go to university. And I basically had no idea what I wanted to study. I just knew, okay, I have to go to university next. That's the next step. Um, and I remember I had some friends. I had quite a clear idea of, like, what they wanted to go into, what subjects. But I honestly had no idea. I think at the time, like, I enjoyed maths, but I was kind of like, what can I do with a maths degree? I don't want to be a mathematician. Um, so I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, so then I ordered all the like university prospectuses, I think yeah, they're called, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically just flicked through them and had a look at all the subjects and saw what was interesting. Um, so I decided to pick economics because they sold it as kind of a combination of maths and like sociology and history, and it sounded quite interesting yeah, to me. Sure. I feel like a little bit missold a little bit. <laughs> and so your time at university, can you like walk us through like what that was like and what your experience was like there? So I kind of, um, so basically, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I kind of felt pressure to just pick a subject and go for it. I was kind of hoping that whilst I was at university, I could figure out what I want to do after that. Um, so I just picked a subject that I thought was quite interesting and then I was hoping I would figure it out at some point um i don't really know what else to say about university i mean i think we was all there like trying to figure it out and just picking something um 
just to make the time pass if we didn't know what we was doing at that point, to be honest. Yeah, so true. Actually, what is um, quite good is, um, so in Scotland, it's a four-year degree okay. and your first two years, basically your subject that you apply for is only one of three subjects, so you can do lots of other things. So, for example, my first year, I also did linguistics and criminology. Sure. And then I think my second year, I did Chinese and something else. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. <laughs> And then your final two years um, are what you, when you kind of focus on your degree subject. But also any of the subjects you do in your first two years, if you realise you like them more than your main subject, then you can just transfer and do that instead. Mm, okay. And do you think like doing um, economics, do you, did, did that kind of set you up then quite nicely for going into like the career that you're in now and then the careers that kind of followed after uni? Did it all kind of help? Um, I think it was probably more helpful in the career that I am now. Mm. Although I do think um, I probably did pick up some interesting skills. So with economics, it's to do with um, kind of, sounds a bit cheesy to say, but like understanding the world around you with numbers and statistics. Um, And that always kind of interested me. Like how do people make decisions? How do businesses make decisions? And I guess that is kind of related to what I went into after uni and um, but it's more related to what I'm doing now I would say and then after uni like what was the process of like you getting a job um yeah so unfortunately I didn't figure out what I wanted to do at uni um and also I attended a lot of the careers events and careers fairs but I think because of the uni I went to and the subject I studied a lot of the jobs were around finance around like accounting um banking that kind of thing Mm -hmm. which I knew I wasn't really that interested in. Um, so I actually moved home um, for a bit after I graduated just to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so then I was like, okay, what do I enjoy doing? Like, what am I interested in? And like, I've always been really interested in fashion, but at the time I only knew about jobs like, you know, like a fashion editor or a creative director, those kind of roles, and they didn't really suit me either. Um, but then, I think one of my friends was talking about Burberry shares for some reason. And so then Burberry I was like, shares. yeah, I, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> but it made me think like, oh, actually, like there could be other jobs within fashion. Um, so I started looking at kind of finance assistant positions mm. for fashion companies. But then I realized um, it didn't really matter what industry I worked in. A finance assistant is still like a finance assistant job. Mm. And I wanted something kind of more creative. Um, so after doing like a lot of research and Googling, um, I landed upon buying and merchandising, um, which is like a nice combination between kind of some data analysis and some numbers involved, but then also the creative side of fashion as well. Um, do you, would you think then that like, was it all like, like self-research? Did you find that... <laughs> you were just like you knew that you had to like find something that you were interested in and like you were keen to kind of do that were there any like resources that you used people that you spoke to like how did you kind of like navigate that period of your life where you were like I really not I'm not sure what I want to do I kind of like uh interested in fashion but I'm not really sure how to get into it yeah honestly I thought that was quite difficult because I feel like usually when you're young you get ideas on what jobs are out there from the people around you. Yeah. And usually it's jobs you can see, like, you know, like a teacher, a policeman, mm. like you can see people doing these jobs. And I I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to do those jobs that I was looking at. Mm. Um, and I remember I went to the career service um, to try and figure out what I wanted to do. But this is actually at school 
when I was trying to figure out like what job I wanted so I could decide what degree I wanted to do. And she made me do a quiz and she told me I should be a, a weather reporter, um, which oh, wow. I also didn't really want to do. <laughs> so that was a bit out there. Um, yeah, so I guess for me, like it was just all self-research on the internet. Um, I think I felt a lot of pressure to figure out like, well, what do I want to do with my life? Like what job am I going to get? And yeah, just lots of Googling really on the internet. So um, how long uh, did it take for you to like research? And at what point did you decide that you wanted to take time out to do research on what you wanted to do? Um, I think what really helped me was um, I had um, a friend who was a little bit older than me. He had been to university and he's working, I think he did biology um, and he's working as a lab assistant. And I basically just asked him like, you know, how did you decide what you want to do? Like, how did you know you want to go into this? And he said to me, um, this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> um, actually, like, I'm going to leave soon. And I remember asking him like, oh, well, like, so I don't really remember that much of the conversation, but I do remember asking him, do you think it was a waste of time? Mm. And he said, no, because even though it wasn't what he wanted to do, actually, it, he learned that because it wasn't what he wanted to do, it got him one step closer to something that he did want to do, wow. I guess. So that kind of inspired me and I was like, okay, I just need to pick something and then just try it out. Because mm. I think um, when I was researching fashion jobs, there were jobs in you know, like marketing, PR, um, all these different types of jobs within the fashion industry. And I was like, okay, buying a merchandising sounds the most interesting one to me. I'm just going to have a go at it and see what happens. I think it's really interesting that like and it's like a testament to you that like you said earlier like the jobs that you know are about the people that are around you right so sometimes it can be quite limited yeah exactly and that like you know nobody around you was like maybe working in fashion and but you knew that you wanted to kind of get into that industry if like what like advice could you give to somebody or like your younger self at that point if they like don't know anybody that they they don't know anybody that's from that industry but they really want to get into it and everybody else around them um kind of has quite different kind of careers i would say nowadays um linkedin is honestly amazing um i don't know if it was around when i was growing up but um because i actually use it quite a lot when i was deciding what i wanted to do after buying um so you can um, basically use it to look at companies, look at the people who work at the companies, look at the different types of jobs that they do. And then anyone who interests you, like, you can just send them a message. Um, just introduce yourself and ask to find out more about what they do, what their day-to-day -day job is like. Um, honestly, just messaging people on LinkedIn. I hear that. So you, you, you got to this place where you found uh, the middle ground of like, you know, uh, merchandising and buying and you like the creative side and the numbers side as well but before that did you um, do any interning anywhere? I probably should have but I didn't um, so I think a lot of people my year were interning but I think because I just knew for me I just wasn't interested in finance and that's kind of the internships that people were going to so I mostly spent my summers working like in retail or working in hospitality doing bar work um, that kind of thing. Um, and how did like how did the move into fashion buying happen? Like, was there anything that you kind of like had to learn like super quick? Yeah, so I think once I realised that this is what I wanted to do, um, then I started researching how to get into it. Um, so I think the first thing I did was move to London because basically pretty much all the fashion jobs are in London. I think there's some in Manchester now, but at least in Scotland um, at the time that I lived there anyway there wasn't really that many jobs going. Mm. So I moved to London and then 
I well, I just needed to get like a job. Um, so I thought, okay, I want to work in fashion. It makes sense for me to get a job at a retail store. Um, so yeah, I just got a job as a sales assistant whilst I worked out what to do next. Um, and a lot, of, I found a lot of courses online, like part-time university degrees within fashion buying, a lot of online courses, um, not online courses, a lot of courses like Fashion Retail Academy. Um, and I was kind of mentally preparing myself to work full-time and then study part-time for this degree. Um, but then I thought, basically, like, again, I have nothing to lose by applying. So I thought, okay, I may as well just start applying. Um, so I applied to the university program. I applied to various jobs just to see what happened. Um, and yeah, I remember the first time someone reached out to me in an interview. I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so I went to the interview and luckily um, I managed to get the job um, just in that first interview. So then I was like, okay, this is great. Now I don't need to go back to university and do another degree. I can just start working. So yeah, that's how I got into the industry. How were you able to develop your skills and kind of like get sharper and, you know, getting deeper into this industry? So I think, um, honestly, I think my retail job as a sales assistant really helped. So I worked at um, quite a small boutique. So I could basically see like how the store was run, um, how kind of deliveries came in, like how stock arrived into the store. Um, it could help out with visual merchandising, so understanding like how the layout of a shop kind of affects customers and sales and how, yeah, just how things are displayed can affect what people actually go on to purchase. So then I actually used that knowledge in my next, my first interview within merchandising. Uh, so I went to the flagship store, I walked around, I made notes on um, like the different departments where they were displayed around the store. And I really tried to think about why they were displayed where they were mm. and try to look at how people were kind of moving through the store. So I used that in my interview um, and came up with ideas like um, on kind of changes they can make to the store and the layout and how that could improve things. You seem like you've always been like super proactive. Like it's so like, would you say that you, is that like just, does that come naturally to you or is that something that sometimes you kind of like have to work at? So I think for me, like, I didn't really have any um, role models or people in my life doing, like, a variety of different jobs. I feel like, so, you know, my family, um, they worked in restaurants or takeaways. So that was kind of all I could see. And I didn't really know what was out there. And I know, like, when I went to school, a lot of people at school, like, you know, they had networks, they had contacts with people in different industries. But I guess I never really had that. So I always felt like kind of it was on me to find the job or on me to like find something that I wanted to do. That's sick. I think that's such like a testament to like where you are today that um, you've had to kind of like really just like do it all yourself. Okay. I think that's really inspiring. That's not a question. That's just a <laughs> friend, a little compliment out there. Um, you touched on being in a small store. Um, could you tell us about like your move to Selfridges? Um, yeah, so after my sales assistant job, um, I actually applied for um, an allocator within the merchandising team um, at a kind of traditional suiting company called Austin Reed. Um, unfortunately, they're not around anymore. But so I was there for about six months and it was quite exciting at the beginning. Like I was learning all these new skills, learning like a different type of job that I was interested in. But I... I wasn't really happy there, basically. Um, it just kind of wasn't really the right environment for me. So I was kind of thinking about what to do next. Um, and then 
a recruiter just randomly reached out to me and said, "Hey, to I'm, LinkedIn." I want to come. I think she called me, and I don't know how she got my number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't honestly can't remember how this came about. I think maybe um, I submitted my CV on like one of those um, like job boards. Mm. I'm not 100 sure. Um, yeah, so she just reached out to me and said, "Hey, I'm recruiting for a job at Selfridges. Would you be interested?" And I was like, "Oh, this has come at such a perfect time. Like, I'm not happy. I want to leave anyway." So I interviewed for that role, um, and then was successful there. And then, yeah, just stayed there for five years. And you're like a one-time, just just get in there, and then there's no. Do you know what I mean? Is it the first time? No second chances. I feel like honestly. Um, this probably made me a little bit naive when I started applying for data science jobs because I feel like I've been quite lucky. Exactly. Yeah, I've just interviewed for one job and I get it. <laughs> get it straight. But away. then when I transitioned to being a data scientist, suddenly like I was getting rejection like from all angles. So that was um, eye opening. Mm, but it didn't stop you though. So yeah, which is great. What did What did you learn um, while you was at Selfridges, and what was Was there any surprises? Mm, I think. Um, so at Selfridges, because um, it's quite a big company as well, you really get to learn more about the different roles that go on behind the scenes. Um, and also within buying um, and merchandising as well, you're kind of like the central point for a lot of different departments. Um, so that's retail operations, um, social, performance marketing, the online trading team, logistics. So you're kind of like the center point and you're kind of communicating and working with all these different areas within the business. So I thought that was quite, it gave me a really good understanding for like the business as a whole. Mm. Um, and I guess, cause I was there for so long as well, I really learned like how different functions works. Um, and yeah, just got to know a bit more jobs. And um, and then can you kind of like, you, you've mentioned like the, the first lockdown, can you kind of tell us the, the story around um, the pandemic for you and how that kind of affected uh, what you were doing at the time? Yeah, so I feel like, um, so obviously Selfridges is online and in store, but the large portion of the business is in store. And a big part of my job was kind of visiting different brands, uh, meeting lots of people, working with them on the range, um, and also doing like floor walks in the store, kind of working out how best to display certain items. And when the pandemic hit, you know, we were sent to work from home, the store closed. I feel like a lot of parts of my job just kind of stopped overnight, basically. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, half the team got furloughed. And I think as well, when I was in buying, so the hours are very long and it's quite a high pressure environment. But once lockdown happened, I feel like I had the opportunity to just spend more time at home and kind of think about, I guess, life <laughs> and what I wanted to do. Was this similar to like um, that university moment where you kind of like took a step back again? That's a very good point. I've never thought about it like that before. Mm, um, getting deep here. That is very interesting. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, that probably did help. Just taking like a pause and kind of just thinking, reassessing my life, thinking about what I wanted to do next. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be very important. And then can you tell us about um, you kind of taking a step back and what that meant for you and then your kind of like next steps of your career? Yeah, so um, yeah, so I had this feeling for quite a while, I think maybe the last year or two of my job, um, that I wanted to work in more fashion technology role, mm. but I didn't really know what jobs were out there. And also, I really loved the team that I worked with. I really loved my manager. So I probably stayed there longer than I should have if, mm. or would have if that wasn't the case um, and yeah I was a bit nervous about leaving my job 
But then once the pandemic happened and then I got seconded into this new department of the business, I feel like that was already like a step away from my job, even though I was at the same company. I was seconded to the digital trading team for about six months. And during that time, I got to learn a lot more about how the team worked, um, just kind of more behind the scenes about how the website worked. So I guess the digital trading team was kind of similar to buying in that they were like the central hub for a lot of, um, I guess, digital roles. So they worked with performance marketing. Um, so it's like digital marketing. And they worked with um, more closely with like the product team, um, like data analysts, that kind of thing. And so within digital trading, um, initially I went through a two week training process um, just to get up to speed with the new tools and the, um, basically to learn how they worked. So after the two weeks, um, I started to get like a little bit more responsibility, I had day to day tasks that I would carry out. And then I think sometimes I would come across something that I wanted to do or like a new responsibility that I wanted. And the team were really supportive actually in making sure that I got as much out of the experience as possible. Um, so they were more than happy to like train me on how to do certain things. And then once I got used to that, then I would start doing that. So I looked towards the end, I ended up taking ownership for all the menswear edits on the website. So they're like um, kind of curated edits of products um, that we've hand selected. So that could be like maybe for sportswear, we have a sportswear edit, we've got like a loungewear edit, that kind of thing. And I also started looking after the searches on the website. So having a look at what users were searching for, taking a look at the results that were returned after they searched. And I guess I was trying to find ways on how to make the search better. Mm -hmm. And I came across all these, I guess, tech blogs from other companies about all these cool things that they were doing with search. And I guess that just caught my interest. Um, and the more I was reading about it, the more I was like, okay, this is something that I want to go into. So I started investigating that. And yeah, that's how I first discovered data science. And then can you tell us about like, I guess like the journey from when you first discovered data science? So I think um, when I first discovered data science, I guess, so a couple of things happened. So before um, I'd been at my previous job for quite a while, I was quite nervous to like take the leap and leave. But because I got so conned to the digital trading, even though it was in the same company, because I was already in a different role in a different department with a new team, I was already like a step kind of removed from what I was doing before. And then I guess that really gave me the confidence to then take a bigger leap and like leave the company as a whole. So before I left, um, I again went back to the internet, did research, this is when I would message random data scientists on LinkedIn. <laughs> so I'm like, what did you do? Like, how did you get there? Um, I started researching how other people got into data science. And so in the end for me, I decided to do a bootcamp course in data science. But, you know, there's like master degrees in data science and people are self-taught as well. So at what point um, did you like realize that you wanted to do a course how did you decide what course you were going to do and then what was like what was it like kind of starting that course so um when I first discovered data science I kind of fell into a bit of a rabbit hole in the internet where um I just thought it was really interesting I tried to learn as much about it as possible and I guess the more I was learning about it the more I was like okay I think this is like this is what I want to do this is it um so then I just started googling um 
like basically from asking people on LinkedIn and then from Googling to find out about the different courses that were out there. I did look at doing a data science master's course, but honestly, I couldn't afford the tuition fees and to take a year out of work. So then I came across these bootcamp courses that General Assembly did. And they were like, oh, yeah, study for three months, become a data scientist, which in hindsight, I think was really naive of me. And if I really thought about how long it would take to be a data scientist, I think maybe I wouldn't have done the bootcamp. Can you tell us a bit more um, about like what the course was like? Like, was it was it worth it? Um, did you enjoy it? Were there parts of it like that you uh, like didn't enjoy? Like, how did that whole kind of like, process go? Um, so the course itself, it was nine to five, um, Monday to Friday. But that was during that time, we were just learning new things constantly, like every hour, just new concepts, new things. And in order to process that and kind of actually solidify the knowledge or basically to even understand what I was learning, um, I had to spend a lot of most of my weekends and evenings during those few months just revising what we'd learned, um, doing some more research online. So, yeah, that was quite hard. It was like. So the course itself is only three months long, but there's a month of pre-work where they try to get you to learn how to code, to do some, um, basically to get you ready to do the course. And then after the course, there's like a month where you go through their careers coaching program. Um, you work on tidying up your portfolio, um, practice interview skills, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So all in all, it's probably like five months in total that I spent there. Um, you mentioned that you like you'd spoken to a lot of people on LinkedIn um, about the course. Was like the course like highly recommended, and would you recommend it to other people? Um, I would say it was a mixed bag. Um, okay. Some people really didn't recommend it, and some people really really loved it. Um, I spoke to one guy who actually loved it so much he went on to do a master's in data science. Yeah. Um, but I guess after so after I started telling my friends and people that I knew that okay, this is what I'm going to do next, I actually. Um, discovered like one of my really close friends actually did the same program and I didn't realize um, until I'd spoken to him about it um, and he really recommended it and basically I really tr trusted his opinion so yeah that's what led me to enroll but I think like honestly there's so many boot camps out there now for data science and I would say like a lot of the curriculum is quite similar for a lot of them mm -hmm. so I would try and meet the instructor see if you like them their teaching style um, I kind of wish mine was in person because the pandemic it was all remote. Um, and I guess some of them nowadays as well have industry connections. Like some of them offer placements at the end of your bootcamp, which I think would have been really good if General Assembly had that. But. Mm, what I get from you is you're not afraid to ask anyone <laughs> anything, basically. Um, honestly, I feel like I got that just from my previous job in buying. Because mm. um, I guess in buying, you're working with a lot of brands. Some of these are like, you know, really well, big established brands. Um, and because I was going out, basically speaking to a lot of new people all the time and having to ask them for things, um, I guess that kind of built my confidence and just going out there and just not being afraid to put myself out there and asking for what I'm interested in. You've been listening to This Is How, created by Nominate and Liberty, your essential resource for finding a path into digital careers with the brands you love. Head over to thisishow.uk to listen to more episodes and discover free training and advice to help you land your dream job. And also give us a follow on Instagram at thisishow.uk to keep up to date with the regular tips and resources to help you on your career journey. 
so can you tell us uh, a bit of, let's like move into like your uh, data science roles now role um, can you tell us about what it was like like applying for these jobs and then interviewing um yeah so I would say applying to data science jobs is definitely the most challenging I guess job application process I had to go through so I think so like usually in my previous jobs you have your initial HR call and then you have a meeting with the manager of the department and then you might have another meeting afterwards whereas for data science I feel like almost every company I interviewed with had slightly different um, interview process um, a lot of them do fall along the lines of you have your initial HR screening call and then you have a coding test um, and then you have like a technical interview and then you have a behavioral interview well, what was you doing like in those times when you were teaching yourself was it like um, I don't know was it like extra things you was finding online to kind of like practice with yeah so I um, I really really love Code Academy um, it is a little bit expensive but they do a free trial for seven days as well, so you can try it out if you want. Just getting loads new in, uh, loads of new emails basically, and keep trying it for seven days basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can just keep doing that. <laughs> so um, yeah, they have a really really good Python course, and the website is really interactive. So you like do a bit of reading to learn how things work, and then they slowly like teach you how to do say like the most basic part, like you just print something. And then they slowly build it up and increase the difficulty. So it feels quite gradual. And you're like, you come out at the end of it, I think, being able to code pretty well. Mm. And there's also um, free courses on Coursera. I did a lot of practice as well. I think it's called Code Wars, where they try to make them like little mini games or mini puzzles that you have to solve with coding. Um, yeah, so that's what I did to practice in my spare time. Okay. How many jobs do you think you applied for? Um... I feel like what I'm going to say is quite controversial because I know like a lot of people say it's a numbers game, just apply for as many as possible. But I, at least for me, like I just didn't have the energy to do that. So I really focused on companies that I was really interested in working mm -hmm. and basically just focused on doing like a really personalized application for those companies. And what does your job then consist of as a data scientist? Um, so data scientist is quite a varied role um, and I guess that's one of the other things that was um, was why I was interested in data science so that you can work across any industry you can do kind of a lot of different types of roles within data science um, so at list um, I work in the search and rank team so we basically look after the search and ranking of products on the website, but we also do um, things like recommendations and personalization as well. Sorry, this is, again, I feel like everything comes full circle with you because wasn't one of the things that you was looking at was how to make searches better in your... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how I got interested in data science. So I think um, basically when I left the course and I was applying to all these jobs, I, you know, it's my first data science job. I had no experience. I would have been happy with any job, like realistically. Mm. But the fact that I got a job at a fashion company, which is like the industry that I know really well, and I get to work on the search and rank team, mm. which was the reason why I wanted to go into data science. Like it just kind of all fell into place really well. So how then has your like your knowledge of the um, fashion industry uh, been useful in data science? Um, 
within my current role, it's been like really, really valuable. I think so from my previous experience, I understand how customers shop. Um, I understand kind of what they're looking for. And obviously within Search and Rank, our job is to try and understand what customers are actually searching for. So say, for example, if you search for Off-White, are you looking for the brand Off-White? Do you mean the color Off-White? Like mm. things like that. So I feel like one, my knowledge of the brands and the industry within fashion and two, my knowledge of customers and how they like to shop as well. I've always um, thought like working on the shop floor gives you such a, an advantage of understanding people and the way they shop. Would you say that that gives you, I mean, I mean, obviously looking at how people shop online, you can see like different trends and like what they're buying and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like it can't tell you a mindset of someone. Do you feel like being on the shop floor gives you an idea for how people think? Yeah, so I think, um, I guess, like I've always been really interested in why people make the decisions that they do, like why do, how do people think? And I guess that's why I did economics um, and then that's why I decided to go into buying. But yeah, I think my previous um, experience as sales assistant on the shop floor, um, I feel like that really helped me get my first job um, within merchandising just because um, one, I could understand how people were shopping, but two, I was able to use that knowledge and then apply that to basically use that to identify things that they could do to improve their business and sales. This is your edge, basically. Yeah, just being really nosy about people. <laughs> curious, you're curious. Curious, yeah. yes, curious about people. <laughs> and what does like what does a typical day look like for you? Um, yeah, I would say the data science work is really varied. Um, so in the morning, usually we have our morning stand-up where we just have a quick catch up with the team, update on the projects and things that we're working on. And then the rest of the day, it de kind of depends on the day of the week. Um, sometimes I'll have a couple more hours where I can do more deep learning and focusing on my own projects. Um, there's actually a lot more meetings as a data scientist than I thought, which I was really, really surprised by. So we have a lot of different meetings with um, people from different departments. We have a data science weekly catch up with the other data scientists within the company. Um, we also have um, like a journal club. So it's like every two weeks, um, basically we each pick a paper or a blog that we read recently that was interesting to us and then just kind of talk about it and present it to the rest of the team. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, um, oh yeah, so we also have, so at the beginning of a project, um, we have like something's quite ambiguous task so first we have we can have a brainstorming session as a team to basically brainstorm ideas, decide how we want to approach the problem. And then the next one, once we've decided on the approach, the next one might be a design meeting. So then we'll actually come up with a plan on how to do what we had decided to do. And then, so then we go away. Once we have the planning and the design out of the way, then we can go and do the work. And once that work is done, um, if it's successful, it might be launched into production. And then once it's in production, um, wait, no. So one, one, if the first we prototype it, and if it's successful, then we might launch an experiment on the website. So we do things called A-B testing, which is basically where you show users, half of your users, one version of the website, and the other half of the users, the new version. And so basically compare. Sort of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So you're just um, yeah, trialing out a new feature. Um, and I think 
pretty much every e-commerce site does this as well. So mm-hmm. say, for example, when you see changes to the homepage or like the menu, a lot of times these are A-B tested by companies before they actually, to, to see how people respond to them mm-hmm. before they actually get launched to everyone. And uh, what kind of like person would be would suit being a data scientist like what sort of like characteristics what kind of like personality what like work mindset i would say um someone who likes to be a detective um (laughs) like genuinely so like a lot of data in the real world is quite messy it can be unstructured like say you have like i don't know like a form that someone has filled in by hand so you know people might make mistakes there might be gaps in it so you have to figure out like how to tidy up the data and then how you want to reshape it to try and uncover like some patterns within it. Mm. So I think detective work, number one, um, I think being okay with getting stuck because that happens all the time. Mm. Um, so being okay with being stuck, um, trying out new things and then like just being okay with being wrong and not knowing, but then getting back up and figuring out. And then obviously you do have to code and there is an element of kind of maths and that kind of thing involved as well. I like, I'm, I'm very curious. Mm. So I think that like, that kind of sits in the same bracket, right? Do you have any vacancies for Zuri? Oh uh, yeah, we have lots of vacancies. You can check our <laughs> careers website. We'll make sure. Are there any like other like free like forums or any other places that you kind of recommend for someone to like really just like get their teeth like stuck into so they can really understand like the whole world of data science? Yeah, so I would say, um, I think November last year, and it's kind of crazy to think another year has gone by, but Mm. the Data Science Festival is really, really good. Um, They post a lot of events. um, And also, so each event kind of has a theme, like maybe one will be on fintech, maybe one will be on healthcare tech. um, And they have a lot of speakers working within these industries from um, different companies who come to talk about the work they're doing, Um, And you kind of get to learn how people apply data science in different ways in different industries. And usually at the end, um, they have time for questions. Sometimes they also have like a little networking session where you can actually speak to some of the other people who've been attending. Um, And also Slack communities. So Slack is, should I explain what Slack is? Go ahead, yeah, not everyone uses it. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, so there's a lot of Slack communities. So Slack is... um, kind of like a messaging platform where um, I guess you can create groups and a lot of companies use it to kind of share ideas with the team or just to message people. But there are also a lot of communities on there. Um, So for example, Data Talks Club is a really good one and also the AI Guild. So Data Talks Club, they actually have um, a lot of podcasts which are really good. And they recently did a free um, kind of machine learning, they call it a Zoom camp, and that's all free. And I think it was about 10 weeks and it's all uploaded on YouTube as well. So you can also use that to learn. And uh, what would you tell your like 18 to 21 year old self? Um, I would say get started earlier. Um, I think I was kind of so worried about making the right decision that I kind of stopped me for a while from making any decision Mm. and I kind of so in the end I got there but I wish I did it sooner so we like to go through your little mini CV and then um ask you questions um about your CV kind of like a little mini interview and then we'll decide whether we we would hire you I mean I think we 
I'm kind of, you know, I've made a decision in my head already. Do you want to um, tell us about your career highlight? Um, yeah, so career highlight, I guess, is definitely my most recent one. Um, being able to um, do a career change into data science, um, especially as someone who comes from a non-traditional background or non-computer science background, um, to have... To have this like idea of wanting to go into data science and then actually getting a job out of it, I think I'm really proud of. And what would you say has been your best failure? Um, yes, so I I don't want to sound um, like... Basically, I genuinely don't believe anything is a failure. I think everything is kind of an opportunity to learn something. Like even if it's to learn something that you didn't want to do or that you knew was not the right approach um I would say probably I did apply for promotion for about four times before I was successful which um I know like maybe some people after like the first or second rejection they might like stop trying or they might get a bit worried or just kind of lose confidence so I think um yeah it is important to persevere and to keep trying and just kind of trust in yourself that you'll get there eventually what would be like your like ultimate dream project? So honestly, um, this is going to sound quite cheesy, but I do feel really, really lucky in that like I'm really interested in the work that my team are doing and I think it's really impactful. And like, to be honest, I can't believe that this is my job and I get to do something that I find really fun and interesting every day. Mm. But I guess dream project, um, if it wasn't for work, I'm really passionate about Data for Good. So I would love to get involved in like a volunteering project of some kind. Um, I've been having a look at Datakind, but it seems really popular and it seems kind of hard to get in as a volunteer. So maybe um, in a couple of years when I have more experience. Get involved in that. Sick. And then finally, why should we hire you? Um, <laughs> you should hire me because I am a creative problem solver whether it comes to business problems or data science problems. Um, I'm really passionate and enthusiastic about my work and I'm always just seeking out new ways to approach problems um, and learning new things. I can definitely tell that you are like so open to uh, like upskilling like constantly. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think, um, yeah, I feel like like work is such a good opportunity to learn new skills as well. I feel like once you're in a company, you can see other jobs that people are doing. You can ask them about their work. You can just, if you see something that someone else is doing, you think it's interesting. I think people are quite open to, if you have a meeting with your manager and you say, I want to learn this. Mm. Mm, mm. So it's always like, always being curious, even when you're applying for jobs, even when you're like asking people before you get into the jobs and then like continuing that when you're in like, no matter, I guess, like, what level you're in. I would say, like, genuinely, like, don't be afraid to ask people. Like, a lot of times people love talking about themselves and they love yeah. talking about the work. So, yeah, definitely don't be afraid to reach out to people. And also, I feel like, um, at least personally, I find it's almost easier on the internet now because, you know, you can just send, like, a few sentences, message someone on LinkedIn. Like, it doesn't really take too much time. Mm. Sweet. Are we going to... We hire? I think we I think you've got the job. You've got oh, the job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what are the benefits? <laughs> Asking the right questions already. I love that. The benefit you get to spend loads of time with Will and I. Oh lovely. Um what other benefits? We'll talk about it off camera. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you so much for today uh, it's been so uh, lovely hearing your story um, and you are really inspiring I love your curiosity I feel like I just need to go and brush up on our skills mm, bringing you in on this definitely definitely thank you so much for having me I've had so much fun today um, speaking with you guys thank Amazing. you thank you so much that's a wrap you've been listening to This Is How created by Nominate and Liberty if you've enjoyed this conversation and you're feeling inspired to develop your own digital skills, head over to thisishow.uk where you can find more information on all the helpful tips and advice shared on today's podcast, as well as trying our new This Is How quiz to uncover more about what you're good at and what job roles could be a good match for you.